Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Another episode here of Fangs Up. And um, we're going to talk about a lot of different things that are related to Florida and University athletics. We're going to talk about the family football program. We're also going to talk about the baseball, the track, and uh, we're going to go inside the Rattlers Den. And we have a special announcement uh, for all of y'all that are listening. Uh, you're not just going to be listening pretty soon. You're going to be viewers as well. Uh, but let's start off with the family football program. Y'all know I like to start talking about uh, football because that's what brings y'all into the show most times. Uh, FAMU has offered multiple students. I'm going to highlight five, I think, because FAMU recruiting has just been so aggressive lately. It's takes up a lot of the showtime to go through the entire list. But if you're following the FQ FAMU Twitter page, uh, then you're, you're up to date. You know these guys because I've been updating and uh, I kept it posted except for one. Our, our, but I'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, first guy I'm going to highlight is Daedrin Zipper. He's a 5'11", 6'1". Uh, I lied. I said 5'11". He's 6'1". He's a wide receiver from Lakeland High School. 6'1". He's 6'1". He's 6'1". Um, just in case he's listening, I don't want to be like, man, you shorted me. I did. It was an accident. Uh, but he's 6'1", 170-pound linebacker from Lakeland High School. He's a dreadnought. If you're not sure what a dreadnought is, it's a boat. Uh, just like a Laker is a boat, as a clipper is a boat. A dreadnought is a military frigate, I believe. Uh, yes, I'm that kind of nerd. Uh, but he is from Lakeland, Florida. And if you're not sure what that is, he's from Polk County. Uh, my wife is from Polk County. Uh, and my in-laws live there, but Lakeland is right there in Polk County where Legoland and all those other places like that are from. But Lakeland is a powerhouse. Uh, they have been producing high quality talent for many years. And if you're not, uh, familiar with the program, it's, it's a really good program. Uh, I mean, I challenge you to find a better program in that area of the state. Cause Lakeland is just really, really good. Um, and they've been good for years. So it's going to be a, a great challenge to keep him because he's a 2023 recruit and they are a powerhouse. And uh, we, we're, we're going to see some more guys that are continually being recruited by Florida Indian University. Another one is Nico Taylor. He's an edge rusher, meaning he's a linebacker and a defensive end. He can go either one. Uh, normally an edge rusher stands up. So, those guys that kind of stand up, they don't always put their hands in the ground. Sometimes they do. But he is from Hutchinson Community College, 6'5", 230. So I wonder if he's kind of slim or is he muscular? Because 6'5", is tall. 230 is heavy. But 6'5", stretched out to be 230, could mean he's a little lean. Um, but if he if he gets into a Florida A&M University and hits a college weight room, um, 
Division one college weight room. I think he puts on a little bit of weight, and if he can get up to like two forty, he's gonna be tall cotton, as old people say where I'm from. Uh, I am southern, I'm from Tallahassee, y'all. So uh, the next gentleman is Jaheim Buchanan. He's an offensive tackle, six eight, two eighty, from Lehigh Senior High School, Lehigh Acres, Florida. That's here in uh, Central Florida area. Another twenty twenty three recruit. So you see, FAMU is already preparing for next year. In the recruiting cycle, we no games are being played, as my Tony uh, Baker would say, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, and another one, last guy we're going to highlight, uh, last two, Ash Alston, sorry, where? He's a DB, six foot, 168 pounds from Ocoee High School in Ocoee, Florida, uh, 2023 recruit. And I'm going to have to check him out this season. Uh, Ocoee High is not very far from me. And the next one is Keandre Jones. He's a running back, also from Ocoee, 5'7", 170 pounds. Another 2023 recruit. And uh, the FAMU coaches were in Orlando area on, I believe that was Thursday. Check the Twitter page to fact check me. Uh, But they did. Coach Simmons, Willie Simmons, posted that, hey, we're in Orlando on this day visiting recruits and talking to players. And so... We're able to see the uh, fruits of that work come in the offers that were put out there. Ocoee High School is north of Orlando, northwest Orange County, um, near Apopka and Winter Garden. And we see where they've gone into Orlando, metropolitan Orlando, metro Tampa to recruit athletes. Uh, They They've been all over. We even saw them go over in Tampa area near Ruskin and other areas. So fam, you continues to canvas the state and the country for talent. And, uh, and sometimes bringing some of these guys back home. So that, that's a great thing to see. Great thing to hear. Uh, we also have uh, visits that are, that have been taking place. A lot of guys are coming in to at least check out FAMU, see what it's about, see what they can get from it. And it's, uh, it's good to see, good to hear. Uh, we need these guys coming in to visit the program, but we also, as alumni, need to continue to invest so that we can continue to build up the facilities and things like that. But the football program is not only offering players, we are signing players. Huge signing. Uh, guy was offered probably about two months ago. USF offensive lineman Cesar Reyes. You may say Caesar, but normally... If, if the per- person is a Latino gentleman, you would say Cesar, uh, like Cesar Chavez. Uh, but Cesar Reyes, he's a offensive lineman. He plays guard and tackle. He's above 300 pounds, uh, former three-star prospect. And in high school, he was supposedly a multi-sport athlete, played soccer as well as football, and uh, did not get a lot of playing time at USF. But now at FAMU, you, you've seen the offensive line has been restocked we did get a guy go in the transfer portal but we we are definitely going to be a team that focuses on running the ball we've seen that the teams in the southwestern athletic conference are not great at stopping the run so what do you do you exploit that the teams in the SWAC tend to be great passing teams we've seen that for years it's just kind of the modus operandi of the conference and really of college football in general most teams tend to be very good at passing the ball And when they face teams that are really good at running, they can struggle because they mess up the pace of the of play. They mess up the way in which that team is able to run their offense. 
So we're seeing that Florida A&M University is saying, hey, we're really good at running the ball. We have great depth at running back. Let us take advantage of that and continue to build our offensive lineup and also continue to focus on our running backs. FAMU's receiving core is stocked. Rack Boys 2.0 are solid. As if you haven't heard Coach Willie Simmons, he's going to tell you how good the Rack Boys 2.0 are. And they are. But to me, some of that smoke and mirrors. Some of that is a distraction from the real thing saying our running back room is packed and all the running backs are good. Even we got Isaiah Conley a few weeks ago. Really good back. So we're going to see some change in the locker room. And I I anticipate another one or two guys that are going to be signing for the 2022 class transferring in and maybe even transferring out. But look for some changes to happen at Florida A&M University uh, within the athletic program on the roster. But we're also seeing staff changes. And some of those are officially being named because the fiscal year is ending. Uh, if you're not familiar, the fiscal year ends, I believe, is June 30th. Um, so Joseph Henry is officially the new offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. Coach Henry, prior to to being at FAMU, he was at FAMU before, but he comes from Louisiana State University. He was an analyst, uh, meaning he kind of is an off-the-field coach most times. Analysts don't normally coach on the field during games because of that coaching limit that the NCAA has. Um, But he also worked under Willie Simmons at FAMU his first year and at Prairie View um, University. So we're going to see that a prayer of you a and I apologize. Uh, so there's some familiarity. We're seeing, we're seeing this again where Willie Simmons likes to deal with people he's familiar with, especially as offensive coordinators. Coach Black knew him from Prairie View. They were familiar with each other. Come to FAMU, it was, there was no big loss in communication. Coach Simmons has lauded how seamless the communication was, where at times it was like, hey, you talking to Coach Black, you talking to me when it comes to the offensive philosophy and the way the game was played out. So we're going to see that continue going on and uh, hopefully it continues to be working with coach Henry. I I had the pleasure of kind of seeing him coach up the guys and he seems knowledgeable. I mean, I was not trying to record what he was saying because I didn't want to get in trouble. I'm on the sidelines. So I don't want anybody hearing or seeing that I'm doing anything mischievous. It's just taking pictures and just kind of catching the vibe. But he seemed like he had a command of the offense. The players knew to come to him. He brought in the offensive line. You could see his rapport with the offensive line was different than the quarterbacks. So um, we're going to see that continue going forward. Next guy is Chili Davis. And Chili Davis, he's our special teams coordinator. He uh, is actively doing an internship with the Atlanta Falcons. So congratulations, coach. And uh, before this, he was also an analyst with the University of Washington. And he's also coached at New Mexico State University. That is a Division One program. I believe they're moving to Conference USA now. They just got into a conference. They've been independent for years. Um, but he is actively doing just like Coach Black did, where Coach Black did that internship with the Rams. Then he got a job with the Rams. Don't look for Coach Davis to stay too long. Uh, if he can get an opportunity to move forward, he likely will, and he should. I mean, no person should stay at a position forever uh, if they find better opportunities. And the next one is going to be Marcus 
uh, Wyndham. He's a running backs coach. He comes from Delta State University, and he was a wide receivers coach there. And throughout his entire career, he's mostly been a receivers coach. He's also been over recruiting and been a recruiting coordinator. So I'm wondering how much of this is him being a running backs coach and getting the experience. And some of it is we got another recruiter on there because family recruiting has been nuts. But also Delta State gave Jackson State that work last year. Like Delta State is a division two team and they took Jackson State to the limit. I'm wondering how much of this is also trying to glean from what they may have utilized to be able to say, hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. These are our calls. This is what they did. This is how we took them to the limit. Fam, you has better talent and you should go further because of that. Uh, so a lot of things going on in the football world and it's going to continue throughout this off season. Looking forward to the football camp that is going to be taking place this weekend. Uh, on a Sunday so next week's recording will come out on a Saturday uh, because I normally record Sunday morning but I gotta get in that habit of recording on Saturdays um, just because football season's coming we're gonna do some pre-shows post shows all kind of stuff and uh, it's just gonna be a fun time to be had so that being said we're gonna take a break here going to talk about anchor and some of the great things it can do for you if you're interested in podcasting it's completely free podcast but as y'all know we're going to return after this sponsorship break all right welcome back fam you is uh continued to make noise across the athletic landscape and right now in particular it's family baseball that we're talking about and uh family baseball had a series against bethune cookman university and the series it was hit and miss uh a lot of missing <laughs> and um a, a little hidden at the end but we're gonna lose a series the series goes to bethune cookman two games to one game one fam you's leading the game we're winning like we're ahead and uh as a fan you're like okay we might win this game we're, we're winning and all of a sudden bcu storms back to come back we were winning i believe it was like three to nothing it felt good i felt really i was really excited about it uh thinking hey we might be able to get a nice little series win against our arch rivals and then the game goes way left bcu makes a furious comeback and they finish the game with a 5-3 victory so we, we need to win one of these games y'all we, we cannot get swept by bcu not just out of rather pride but we just cannot afford it within the SWAT conference game two comes it's never really close uh a four to one victory for bethune cookman um and bcu led pretty much the entire game it's it's never really like we're gonna come back and win this game but game three happens and finally finally the good guys win the game uh FAMU is going to win this game 6-1 to one in Game 3. FAMU avoids the sweep. But more importantly, FAMU wins the season series against Bethune-Cookman University 4-3. to three. So, <laughs> that was huge. 4-2, I'm sorry. I said 4-3. 4-2, because we played six games. I said 4-3. I was so excited that we won a series. We win the series 4-2. to two. If we lost that game, we split the series 3-3, and Cookman potentially leapfrogs us in the SWAC standings. Then FAMU again, much to my dismay and anybody who's heard the inside joke, 
finishes in second place in the SWAC and uh, second place in the division. And uh, that that's going to be favorable for us going into the uh, conference tournament. But again, FAMU's finishing in second. I, I, I want to see what the structure of the conference tournament is. I'll give ONG Strike Zone some credit. They they did go over it a little bit, but I wasn't able to fully devote all of my attention to their pod, their uh, their recording. But we are able to see that FAMU needed to really win the series to have a winning season. We're going to end up two games under 500. So those two losses cost us a winning record uh, for the regular season. And if we if we win three games at the SWAC tournament, then we may be able to t- make some noise and uh, talk about having a winning record, uh, really four. Because if we won three and lost one, we'd end up 500 because uh, we're two games down. But needless to say, that's all semantics. Uh, FAMU has a good baseball season. If, if you exclude the games against UCF and uh, Stetson, and Stetson beat Florida State. Like I, I'm not even trying to like. Well, you know, they beat us and we beat them. And no, no, no. We both lost to them. <laughs> and so Stetson's not a bunch of slouches. And UCF is a emerging program uh, among the uh, on the college landscape. So uh, we're we're able to see that FAMU had a really good baseball season. Um, we we gotta continue to bring in good recruits. Continue to build the program up. Uh, we, we we've seen an improvement in facilities, and I personally think that's helped our baseball team get better. Coach Brian Robinson, Coach Shoop. I wonder how long Coach Shoop does it, and if Coach Brian Robinson is kind of our coach in waiting. We understand a lot of times how HBCUs work. It could be very much of a we like to give the job to somebody who's already been there, familiar with the program. Not always just someone who's doing a national search and other things like that. And I, I think uh, Coach Robinson may be a good fit, but uh, for right now, it's still the Shoop era. And Coach Shoop, first season in the SWAC, continues FAMU's competitiveness in the SWAC. Uh, for a first-year program, FAMU has one SWAC title. So anybody who doesn't realize FAMU won volleyball, leave us alone. Um, but we were competitive in almost every sport. FAMU track, fairly competitive. FAMU golf, competitive. FAMU tennis, competitive. FAMU baseball, competitive. Softball team, football team. The only team that really was not competitive was women's basketball. And a lot of that is COVID. Like, let's keep it a buck. A lot of that was COVID. I mean, you, you're fielding teams with seven players against full rosters. We, we were getting molly whopped before. We especially got molly whopped when we couldn't field a full roster. So family baseball season is going to be interesting going into the SWAC tournament. We have some teams that are bugaboos in our division though. Jackson state, they've been giving us fits Alabama state. They've been giving us fits, but then Cookman, we won the season series, but those last couple of games, like we should have won game one. We, we could have won that. I don't want to say should have, we could have won that one. So the series could have gone two one instead of, one two but we're not playing a bunch of slouches good teams are in the swag i feel like swag baseball is a better brand than meak baseball i've always felt that way i just never 
set it on a platform because you know i mean it is what it is um but um that is going to conclude the regular season for family baseball now family track the season was over but then it wasn't uh famu is going to get two of our athletes that are going to be able to go to the ncaa east preliminaries uh that is going to be from may 25th through the 28th in bloomington uh indiana that is the home of the university of indiana and i believe also the founding place of kappa alpha psi fraternity incorporated could be wrong there um but uh rachel robertson uh is going to be for the ladies she's going to qualify for the triple jump she won obviously swack gold at the swack tournament uh a few weeks ago and that swack gold is going to give her a golden ticket to the miac tournament uh, to the ncaa tournament i said miac uh the next one is Jalen Scott, uh, 400 meter hurdler, and he also won the SWAC tournament. Gets a golden ticket to the NCAA preliminaries as well, and uh, that that's good. Fam, you track it. Ain't been what it used to be, but it's good to see us get some gold, and we're also going to get some athletes. Uh, one is going to be William Shelton. He is committing to Florida A&M University. He attends A. H. Parker High School, and he also plays quarterback. He's a 2022 uh, prospect, meaning he's coming in now. And I raised the question. I didn't post it on the um, FQ Twitter page. I posted it on my own. Does this kid get a chance to play football? FAMU's quarterback room did not take any freshman quarterbacks. We took Musa. Musa is a polished product. Like, he's a senior. He's refined. Really good quarterback. If, if you've been listening, you know how I feel about um, Musa. Uh, as as far as being a quarterback, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like uh, Rashard McKay too, though. Like though, so I don't want anybody being like, "Oh, you just don't let McKay know." I like McKay. I like Musa too. I, I, they both offer different things, um, but I like them both. But we didn't take a freshman quarterback. We got Junior back there, uh, but Junior should be a sophomore this year, I believe. I may I may be misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure Junior is going to be a sophomore from. Wakaba High School. He is the uh, number seven. He's pretty pretty good quarterback. Kind of young, if you remember. He came in during the game against Jackson State, and he was the quarterback that really finished the game. And if Junior knew the offense a little bit better, in my opinion, we might have won that game. I feel like he, you know, he was coming in there and he was kind of thrown into the fire. But uh, give Junior about two seasons, he might be a pretty pretty good quarterback. But I wonder. Uh, they say Shelton's huddle says he's six one. He might be. I've never seen him in person, but he might be. But he he throws a nice ball. Um, and Coach Respus uh Respus definitely follows him on social media. I wouldn't be surprised if this kid gets a shot to walk on or at least try out just to have added room in the quarterback room because most of the quarterbacks we have are upperclassmen. I believe we have four seniors, three seniors. A lot of seniors that are quarterbacks. So next year, the cupboard might be kind of bare. Uh, you're going to be pretty much looking at junior. <laughs> and who else? Like, so we're going to need to make sure we have some quarterback depth there going into the next year. Like, part of recruiting is to make sure you address the needs for this year, but it's also addressing the needs for the following years. And if junior is the only quarterback in the quarterback room, that's not a good thing. Not that I doubt junior. I like junior great kid ocps product like go man but at the same point 
he needs some competition. He needs somebody that's going to push him because otherwise he's going to be like, man, I got this. You're not competing with me. So, um, and I think FAMU does that through the transfer portal next season as well. Uh, I feel like we're going to have a good season and that's going to encourage players to want to come to the program and uh, continuing to have players come to the track program is going to be a big thing. We need to rebuild that track program. FAMU track used to be great. FAMU relays used to be a big thing. So um, great things to see that FAMU athletes on the track are getting to go to the NCAA um, qualifications or the NCAA um, preliminaries and a signing of a track athlete. Cause I did have a track student hit me up, say, Hey, how do I get off? And I'm like, let me see if I can hit somebody up. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard from anybody. So hopefully somebody will hit, hit me up. And uh, so I can point this direction, this student in the direction of the highest of seven Hills. Um, but let's pa- take a pause for the cause. We're going to finish with our inside the den segment. I'm actually writing an article on this and I have a announcement for y'all and you're going to see, uh, hopefully that we continue to grow the brand. This is fangs up. Welcome back. Y'all we're going to finish with our, uh, closing segment called inside the den and uh the big new thing if you haven't heard is the ncaa is changing the scholarship limits for two years as well as removing the conference division uh system pretty much uh but main thing i'm going to talk about is the scholarship limits the, the division thing i'm not worried about that yet that that's not something that I see affecting the swag for a few years just because we're probably going to wait and see my personal opinion. I feel like the swag is going to wait and see how other conferences do it, even though I feel like this would be the time for the swag to be aggressive in adding a team or two, uh, and going to the pod system or a pod system. But I'll save that for another platform. Uh, but division one athletics is getting rid of, the scholarship limits for two years. If you're not aware, each university that is a division one school is limited to offering 25 students or accepting 25 students per year. And for the larger schools, they have a limit of 85 scholarships. Those are your FCS schools like Florida state, Alabama, Auburn, UCF, UF, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Miami, all those schools on that level. But for your schools that are the uh, that I said FCS, I meant FBS. Sorry for the FCS schools uh, championship division. um, Those schools are limited to 63 scholarships. And that is FAMU, Tennessee State, Elon, the Citadel, Kennesaw State. Sacramento State, University of Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, all those schools that play for the championship and do the playoffs at the FCS level and don't do do the bowl games. Um, And that's going to be big for historically black colleges and universities in that for the next two years, we're able to take on as many students as we want to until we fill in that scholarship limit. Once we hit that limit of 63 players for two years, we're maxed out. We're tapped out. And to me, that that's going to have big ramifications for football programs. One, if you're an athlete, you got, you better have your stuff together because coaches are going to be looking to replace you. 
at this point, it is definitely without the advent of NIL. This is probably the closest that we're going to see to the NFL and college athletics for a very long time, Uh, because for the next two years, I can take on 25 students. That's almost half, a little less than half, about 40 percent of your of a FCS team's roster. Now, if you're FBS, obviously it's a little, little bit lower, but I don't care about them right now. I'm talking about FAMU. Oh, I talk to so catch me outside and we can talk about Florida State. But on this, I'm talking about FAMU. Uh, so about half your roster, about 40 percent can be changed every year for the next two years. That means massive turnover. That means the transfer portal is going to be going crazy. And it also means that some of these students are going to have to realize, hey, the transfer portal may not be the thing. Maybe I need to make coach know I want to stay here and not just talk to coach and tell him I want to stay here, but show it on the field. That is huge for our players. But it also means that the players that excel at the F. CS level are going to be looking to move up just like me and you nobody's looking to stay at the same place I I, I loved uh, I'm a huge fan of coming to America I, I, I'm not a crazy movie watcher but coming to America is one of my favorite movies and the burger flipping scene is hilarious like the scene where Louis Anderson is explaining to the prince Eddie Murphy's character Uh, how he plans to move up from washing lettuce to doing fries to burgers to assistant manager. Like he's showing aspirations to go higher within McDowell's. Um, He doesn't want to just serve the big Mick. He wants to run the restaurant and same thing with the athletes. The athletes don't just want to stay at the FCS level. Not when NIL is out here. I mean, it's great, but if I can be at FAMU my freshman year, take a starter's position, ball out, and then when they, when we play these other schools like Jackson State, who has Division One talent, or look at Alabama A and M, or heck, you have a great game against the University of North Carolina, all of a sudden you're doing this against Division One talent, Division One transfers. Those are your money games. Like if you are a FAMU athlete, Jackson State and University of North Carolina are your money games. Those are the games where you need to have the best film. Why? Because that's where the scouts are going to be. They're going to be looking. And also because this is where other coaches are going to be looking. And all of a sudden they can get rid of 25. They can sign over 25 players and they can flip their roster up until however far they want it to. Do I foresee us having situations where a whole team gets cut? No. Would I be shocked if the transfer portal goes a little bit crazy? No. We've already seen the transfer portal go crazy, but the problem is the student athletes didn't all get picked up the way they thought they would. But changing this scholarship is going to mean that, or the scholarship limit is going to mean that the student athletes are really going to have to bust their, their butts to keep their roster spot but also coaches have to be aware of who's in the transfer portal because now if you're a guy that's just on special teams barely hanging on and you see somebody that 
is a division two product and at a fan and you're a fam you as we did with the receiver you're gonna look and say hey man you're getting a partial scholarship i can offer you a full scholarship and this scholarship change only affects division one programs so this isn't all f uh hbcus that are being affected you're the shaw's albany state fort valley state None of those schools are getting the benefit of being able to flip the rosters like this. It's only your Division One schools. So you're talking about all the schools in the MEAC, the SWAC, Tennessee State, Hampton, North Carolina, A&T. Those schools outside of us, those nobody else is getting this as far as for the historical black colleges and universities. Obviously, the predominantly white schools like Stetson that are on our level are also getting this benefit as well. But you're starting to see like. This is going to be huge as far as allowing coaches to flip their rosters and allowing coaches to really create very strong football teams off talent. Now, how that affects the chemistry in the locker room, unseen, but it's going to be very interesting to see how this is rule is utilized by universities, especially the historically black colleges and universities and the large division one schools, because we saw what Alabama did in the transfer portal this year. They brought in players. Pretty much they cherry-picked the best players from across the nation. We just saw that USC, pretty much they didn't pay the guy $2 million, but they paid the guy $2 million to transfer from Pitt, the receiver. Transfer portal and NIL are changing the game. And NCAA is trying to get a handle on it. I think they do, but... I think eventually these power five schools going to break away because they're going to say, we got enough money to fund this ourselves. Why are we waiting on you? So going to be interesting to see. And lastly, we have a huge announcement uh, from the things up broadcast family. Um, HBCU digital is going to be uh, partnering with us. Um, And thank you very much to what they are doing. They're going to help us uh, as far as getting the podcast out, brought it, brought, uh, broadening our fan base helping us with brand awareness and uh we're going to be posting our shows but also we are going to be creating a youtube channel we already have a youtube channel i just haven't posted any videos we're going to be posting our show on youtube for people to watch and hopefully enjoy also going to be creating an instagram page uh later today actually as well as a Facebook page. So we're probably going to work on the Facebook page a little bit slower, but um, all this stuff is going to be coming about and big thank you and shout out to HBCU digital. Looking forward to partnering, partnering with this group and growing the brand Uh, football season is coming and already looking at uh, working on being down in Miami for the orange blossom classic, obviously definitely going to be either at the game but going to be in the area for the florida classic and um some other games especially the home games uh we'll we'll see about some of the away games and how that works out but you can bet your bottom dollar we are going to be at the orange blossom classic and uh the florida classic even if it's as a fan but uh we're going to be there and covering those events for the FQ family Twitter page as well as HBCU digital not leaving FQ fam you have been able to make some great relationships and it's provided an outlet for me to be able to reach out to recruits and other things and I, I don't want to lose that uh, 
those relationships that I've built through that platform, but we're adding on another company uh, that we're going to be working with. So again, super excited. Thank you to the good people at HBCU Digital, the the brothers at A&T graduates. So we got to kind of laugh and chuckle while we were uh, conversing and paperwork's been signed. Uh, So for the next couple years, three years looks like, uh, HBCU Digital and Things Up are going to be in partnership and working on talking about FAMU athletics, but also uh, we're probably going to branch out and talk about more of the HBCUs as well because we want to be the best. I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I want to win. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to, I, I don't want to shine brighter than everybody else, but I definitely want to shine. So uh, that being said, y'all, that is the show. Big announcement and all. Thank you for listening. Thank y'all for paying attention. Uh, looking forward to the, the football camp. We're going to release our show on Saturday and we're going to get ready for football season. So uh, that being said, y'all, thank you again. And it's always going to be thanks up.